Hi, my name is Masumi Abla, coming from my uh, with my John <laughs> joining you. I like to share the special event uh, we are having here. This is our 11th year. Uh, this Saturday, uh, we are bringing around maybe 50 non-Christian Japanese students. Uh, uh, we have an outreach ministry called Japanese Students Connections (JSC). And every Christmas time, we share gospel to non-Christian Japanese students. I like to share some uh, pictures uh, with this event. They are the director, Jim and Kayla Tillas. They are support uh, full-time mini uh, missionaries from uh, Assembly of God. And they we started uh, this ministry 11, 11 years ago. And Ke uh, Jim was when he was still single. And he and me and uh, another friend, Hitomi, Study. Uh, we asked Jim, we want to cook a good Japanese meal. Would you bring a Japanese student to us? Uh, that's what we started. And next, please go. You can go quickly. This is we meet once in a month at the uh, church uh, on the Yugobem campus called Stadium Village Church. We serve good Japanese meals. Uh, we average come 50 students every month and cook for 70 people. And we serve white, uh, like uh, 40 cups of rice with <laughs> <laughs> white rice. Because they, just students start missing rice and uh, Japanese food after they eat cafeteria food. And we don't preach anything. This is a, a place to build up community. And because uh, being in a part of community is very important for Japanese people. And and then, then they just relax. And we have the once in a month, uh, first Saturday of the month, uh, uh, during a uh, school spring and fall uh, time, I mean the school years, and then but between dinner we have uh, throughout the month we have individual Bible studies and small groups. And please, please go next picture. And this is a uh, uh, one year we had a when we still a meeting we could use only upstairs uh, Anderson's house. Rebecca's there, and this is maybe seven years ago. Please go next one. And you can go pictures pretty quickly. And we make a, like a big lot of Japanese road rice sushi every, uh, like a this event this Saturday. Please go next one. And Karen, <laughs> lot of Christmas cookies. Next one, please. And we with Naomi. Naomi is a great, you know. She's so welcome, everybody. Next one, please. And we don't have a place to sit. We eat on <laughs> people eat on the steps. Because just people sit all over upstairs. Next one, please. And then we have a, I wish you had a gospel mi uh, message through music. Um, and we have a professional cellist, um, Satya played cello. He just retired from, retired from Minister Orchestra after 30 some years. And Hitomi and Satya, Hitomi shared gospel. And, um, and we have a, a professional harpist this year. And next one, please. And then we uh, we just sit here all over. Next one, please. And we play trivia games. They have a, a very good a good time with good prizes and stuff. Next one, please. I just want to show some pictures what we are doing this. Uh, in the summertime, we have a lake party that's rad at so rather in Sachiko's house. This this is the summer, and my husband <laughs> take kids to sailboat. <laughs> Next one, please. That's at Sachiko's house. We have some events, uh, summertime for students. That's at this summer. Then came Sachiko's house. And then this is some years ago. Please go to several pictures. Please go, please finish up pictures. 
So this is that year, each different year. We have a special speaker. No, the last one comes last. Next, <laughs> Next one, please. That's different years. Next one, please. We, we always take group. Uh, this is the last year. We maybe had a 60 students last year. So we just want you to pray for this Saturday starting 5 p.m. Um, for those who never heard of gospel, for Japanese, um, even you got to start with, is there God? We don't talk about, in Japanese society, we don't talk about spiritual life, and people don't know if they are God or not. And then so, it's, uh, it's a very best time to share gospel, and uh, please pray for that their heart to be open, and we send uh, some good tracks and cookies and stuff, um, and I would appreciate your prayers. And then uh, if anybody like to donate some Christmas cookies, I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Masumi. And you come and drop them off here. Five. So before five, probably, on this coming Saturday. No, you do not. You will learn words, though. If you don't want to learn any Japanese words, maybe shy away from coming, but you, you will learn some. So uh, we, we've talked about this a lot, but we are... We're a mission church. We're, we're an international church. These are some of the things that we are. This is some of what makes up our DNA. And the ministry that happens out of Lydia House isn't primarily about what we do here on Sunday mornings. It's about what you do, what you're called to do throughout the week. And thank you, Masumi, for sharing that and for highlighting another example of that for us. And so what happens on Saturday, this is our thing. So please do pray about it throughout the week. And if you're able to do some cookies, do that. And when Paul goes out or when I go out uh, to different places, that's us too. Because um, everything that happens out of this family is an extension, um, no matter where we go and what we do in everyday life. And so Paul is going to share about his most recent trip and what Lydia House did in Tanzania through him. We got some pictures if the kids want to stay for pictures. Yes, let's do that. Most of those, or all of them, will have heard the good news of Jesus, right? Yeah. So it's radical. It's, it's potentially life-jarring, life-changing. So.
So I know we've got at least one birthday uh, in a day or so. Anybody else have a birthday this last couple days or having a birthday in a day or two? Or when? Okay, well, let's, we'll, we'll sing to Celinda, and then, uh, Celinda, you touch the lady in front of you to your right. That's Mary Ann. And uh, let's bless the two of them. Happy birthday to you two. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Celinda and Mary Ann. May Jesus. Yes, and all you're doing, your mom tells me you're busy. You're very busy these days. Yeah, you must be a student. I remember those days. I'm glad they're beyond me, behind me. Okay, so here's my question. This is 10,000 shillings. I want to see who can be the closest to guessing how many dollars. This is 10,000 shillings. How much do you think that is? Okay, he, he said it. He said five, it's $5. So in Zimbabwe, you're talking in the millions for things that you buy at a department store. That's what happens, you know, with inflation. So I might give it to you. I might keep it for my next trip. <laughs> Good guess. Okay, here's the second guess. What are the most popular fruits? Name the four most popular fruits. Mango, right at the top. Yeah. And I actually ate them. What? Bananas. Banana plants are all over the place. Pineapple, three for three. Uh, papaya, those four, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, put them together and make a drink. It'd be a good drink. I had some pretty good drinks. I had some not so good drinks. The good drinks were better than the others. Okay, we'll show you some, uh, go th quickly through some pictures and uh, comment on them as we go. This is called the Bob, Bob, why, Bob, yeah, yeah, it's, that could be 2,000 years old, it could be 3,000 years old, that is thick, that is probably uh, 14, 14 feet, this is huge, it's just huge, and you have a lot of those, especially at the game parks where, where we went, they were all over the place, but they're a special tree. You see the bark torn off. That's elephants that scrape on it to get the water because there's water inside that tree. Keep going. When we went to the uh, last day and a half, we were at the game park. And it's so amazing because this game park protects animals. And so there are all kinds of them. You get so used to seeing this that I'm walking uh, from my tent. And I, I uh, look over here, and nine zebras, 20 feet away, and they look up at me, and then they look down and continue eating their grass. They didn't move. And uh, so, okay, keep, uh, keep shooting, shoot them through here. <laughs> what do you think that is? 
It's an anthill, about 10 feet high. Took them a while to make that. Keep going. What is it? You got it, antelope. Keep going. Karen, Karen said, be sure to get a picture of a giraffe. I love giraffes. So I not only drew a picture, had a picture, but I brought home a little giraffe that was made. Okay, uh, this, some of my friends, these are called Maasai people. Anybody ever heard of the Maasai people? Uh, it, Tanzania, when it was Tanganyika before 1961, it was tribally related. I don't know how many tribes, maybe 50 to 100 tribes. And you know about tribalism because you know about Rwanda and Burundi and the slaughter, the, the fight between tribes. It's horrendous. So when the president came in in 1961, uh, a transition from Great Britain out and uh, decolonization and a new president, he brought one language together, and he was able to bring people together so they weren't fighting among the tribes, so they speak what language? Swahili, yeah. And this is the Maasai tribe. This is a bishop, uh, a lot of bishops. People like being bishops. And so sometimes people will break away from a church, they'll start another church, they may have five members, and they call themselves a bishop. He is a real bishop. He is. Uh, he he was in uh, uh, Bill Clinton's home, and uh, they had heard that he he wears red suits. So they had a huge box that they gave him of uh, uh, that he made into. I think seventeen outfits. He wears red suits, red shoes, red socks. And I said, Why do you wear red all the time? He said. Because I want people to know about the blood of Jesus. He's in the he's in the parliament. He's a lawyer, and he's a real bishop with many churches. After I gave a message on on servant leadership, which is put the leadership that they think about in their head, because it's it's not a high you get, but but how low you go. And this is this is leadership. The lower you go, and he said, Paul, I'm undone. I'm absolutely undone. He was saying it in a positive way. Because that message broke through the culture, a culture which is, has a good aspect of honoring, but also a negative aspect of people wanting to go high because then they get recognized. So he's, he's the real deal. Now he is confirming these people uh, out four hours from where we were. So it's a very special time. Keep going. Car trouble. That happens in Africa, right? You know about that? You're laughing. It, it happens. And you got to be able to, to rig things up. So when the radiator went bad, we had to buy some duct tape. Uh, <laughs> duct tape wouldn't have done it. It's some kind of glue it, uh, that. Uh, it was in the radiator. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, I can do that. So we're at this little, call it a restaurant, but the, it was only room was about five, and there were two guys over here who were Muslims. You remember Sven Axel, who married Jenny? Some of you remember him. He came here. He is a phenomenon in Tanzania. I watch the people when he gets up to talk. 
they start, they, they're, they got a smile anyway. I mean, it's a huge smile. Lights up the room just to see him smile. But when he gets up, he talks like one of them, and he loves them, and they're just all smiles. He's talking to these two Muslims. When he got done uh, and we finished our, our meal, what's the big staple? What's the biggest, uh, biggest staple there? Rice. Rice is by far the most popular, but more, far more popular than potatoes. We had one meal where uh, they, they served uh, noodles. And I said, why isn't anybody eating the noodles? They don't eat noodles. Did, did, uh, you do? Uh, they, they didn't touch them. Anyway, so <laughs> after, after we got done, he conversed with them. I don't know if they, they asked him to say a prayer, but he said a prayer. And we left. This is a Muslim village. As we were leaving, they said, the Spirit of God has come here. Would you come, up, come back and pray for our village? So they recognized that he was carrying something of the presence of God, and they, they wanted him back. So he has influence, not just with Christians, but he has influence wherever he goes. It's just so wonderful to see. Jenny, of course, is having a time of her life uh, with uh, Sven Axel. Okay, keep going. They have all kinds of little shops like this. <laughs> they want to be in, so if it's California or California, whatever it is. <laughs> I should have, probably, yeah. Okay, keep going. I'll, I'll show you a video in a minute. Uh, see, they're tearing down the tree. They're, they're uh, rugged. If, if there were, we looked down, and we saw all 20 different kinds of animals down from where we were staying. And um, uh, if hyenas came, it might shake a few of them up. If a lion came through, most of them would be gone. They'd be gone fast. Probably not elephants. The, I think they're, they're elephants, they're, they're, that would be a contest. Okay, keep going. So this is the guy I traveled with. This is Dave Heinrich. Some of you know uh, Dave Heinrich, too, you know. Uh, so we see this everywhere we're going. The women, they have these things that they wrap around their heads, and then they carry lots of stuff. They carry more than the guys, unfortunately. Guys, especially the Muslims, they're in there playing, playing their game. It looks like checkers, and they, they know they're doing serious stuff while the, while the women are carrying water, just five gallons, ten gallons, something. So, okay. Okay, uh, now let's uh, show a few videos, and then we'll get on with the message. Look at that, mom, mom and child. The men are loners, the women are with their little tribe. Can you believe that? It just, they're right, right in front of us, walking across the... Now, look, notice how they're praying. 
The reason I want you to notice how they're praying is because I would do a conversation with Dave, and I'd grab somebody, come here, Nate, and I'd say, this is how I want you to pray, because I gave a message on, uh, on being vulnerable, on humility, on going low, on being willing to be weak, and that's opposite of them. And so I had Dave come up, and uh, I shared with Dave. I looked, I looked straight at Dave, looked at me, and then I told him some areas of my failures, and then he responded, and he put his hand on me, and he prayed for me as he looked at me. And so I said, do it like that. There was not one that did it like that. They all mm. put their hands on. They closed their eyes. <laughs> now, I'm not mocking them. I'm just saying that that's what they know how to do. They know how to do that. And so several different times, not just once, several different times, okay, you did that. Now do it this way. And after we did that several times, they would do it, and they would... They would look at each other, and they would speak quietly. You don't have to shout. You can talk. Was it awkward for them? It was. It, it was. I mean, it's a lot more vulnerable. It is, yeah. But they, uh, little by little, Dave did a, he, he's a great one to, to teach them because he does practical stuff. Okay, a couple more videos, and I think. You can't beat African choirs. You cannot beat them. Keep your eye on her. They're practicing. They were outside practicing. And I went out there. I said, well, sing! When choirs sing, they're always dancing. I, I didn't see any choirs singing without dancing. When I walked into church, and fully robed, I walked behind about 12 people, and they were dancing as we were walking in. They got it right, got it wrong. We, we behave ourselves. They have fun. Oh, I learned Swahili. I, I learned. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, let's do the next one. Sorry, I, lo I just love to listen to it. I wouldn't mind. So we're back at the Maasai. Okay, that was that one. Okay. Any more? So they said that she was demonized, and so people were putting their hand on her, a pastor, and just shaking her and doing all kinds of things. Well, Dave saw that, and he asked if he could care for her. And so through interpreter, he just talked to her quietly. 
very gentle. And then he didn't yell. He just spoke to the baby and commanded it to stop. That's what they need. They don't need somebody rattling them. So they need help. They need training. We all need training. They need it was exciting for me the last day I was there as we were uh, reading uh, evaluations. There were some in English. There's a lot of English-speaking people there. And uh, they talked about need for more training, more theological training. So I'll be meeting with Payer, the president of the Master's Institute that we started back in 2001. Nate went there along with my son. Second, Is that the first year or the second year? First year. Uh, so uh, we've already begun the talks to help them with theological, more theological training. So it was very exciting to uh, do that. Yeah, kids, you can come and listen to my message, or you can go with Karen, and you know it'll probably be boring, but you can go. Oh, I do. You want to? Uh, Go ahead and shoot him. Oh, that's that was a oh. So now they're, they're see they're doing it right. So we're in lorries. Do you know what uh, the Land Rovers look like? You push up the the inside, and so you can stand up on the inside, and you're ready to shoot them with your iPhones. <laughs> this was our, our tent, and they paid us a visit. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just say some, some more, and I won't, I won't keep you. If, if, if I don't have time for the message, I'll, uh, I'll send it to you. I can do it that way. You guys, have you guys met Laura and Isaiah? I, Isaiah feels a call to ministry. He's, we've been connected since Communitas days, and so we're uh, talking together about what that might look like. So you can be praying for Isaiah because he feels like that's something that God is putting on his heart to pursue in this season. Have you met Patty yet? I just met her. Uh, she looks so familiar. I'm sure we've seen you before, but I guess she's come uh, the three, the two or three weeks that I was gone. She's been here. Paul? Yeah. This is Ryan, uh, my son, Hector's best friend. Oh, He's cool. He's kind of like part of our family, too. All right. And he wanted to come today. Are you sure you want to be a part of that family? That's a big <laughs> family. <laughs> You're a number, <laughs> but a good number. And a spiritual son. Cool. Wonderful. Wonderful. He's a big hockey player. Ooh. Wow. Cool. And you've seen uh, Danny here. Now Danny is living in our house. Uh, Danny's from India. He's got a master's and a very good job in computer science. He's a smarty guy. And he did some help with me yesterday to get the get the pictures up. So very happy to have Danny in the house. So 
Okay. So just a few more words. I just want to say thank you, a real thank you to Nate. Uh, I am able to do this because Nate is a residential pastor while I'm gone. I hope that there are things that he will do, and I'll hold the fort for him. Like I'm hoping that you could take a team to Uganda, and we can connect with Dowson and do a pastor's conference. So. Uh, we see that happening more and more. I will probably be going to Latvia and Estonia and Finland in January for a shorter time. Uh, this was too long. I, I don't, don't like to be gone that long and uh, didn't need to be, but I, I uh, didn't watch the schedule as clear, clearly. Otherwise, I would have uh, shortened it a bit. So I just want to say thank you to Lydia House and... Uh, you're going to hear more because I, I do believe that God spoke to us about, about Africa and about having ongoing influence and helping them. We can help them. This little church can help, I believe, change a nation. We impacted Tanzania in these two and a half weeks, and they, they want more. The last day, I was able to speak to the Lutheran bishop who wasn't there and asked him about something with Lutherans. And there are more L Lutherans in Tanzania than there are in the ELCA of America. There are millions, literally millions. I don't know how many, maybe seven million. So um, that's an important part of, the, of building up the country. <clears throat> so I will send you a two and a half page report not on what we did but what we observed which I think will be interesting to you uh, even Jenny she, she appreciated what uh, we did because I talked a lot with them and then wrote something up about what we observed and, and I think you'll, you'll enjoy that so any quick questions before I get on to the message? And I'll, I'll shorten the message here. <clears throat> okay. So, 1995, I moved back here with family to become director of Lutheran Renewal. And a year later, as we were getting ready for the board meeting, they were talking about an evaluation because we were in some financial difficulties. And I got uncomfortable. And someone uh, on the board said there will be a full evaluation, and I, that made me defensive. And I found myself not looking forward to this board meeting. I remember Larry took me on a walk, and we, uh, we talked about it afterwards. Uh, I look back on that, and I see how uh, easy it is for me to get defensive. When I should have been responding, I was reacting. And it showed pride rather than humility. It showed, uh-oh, they're coming after me. Uh, defensiveness was very much a part of the way the Pharisees operated. And they were scorned 
by Jesus for their pride. <coughs> Defensiveness shows pride, and I was showing pride. And uh, I learned some things. I'm very thankful for the patience that people had with me in my reacting mode. And uh, <coughs> one of the passages that, that uh, is repeated in the scripture, quoted from the Old Testament, you have several that are like that, is God, anybody know what I'm going to say? Regarding pride? God, yes, God opposes or resists the proud. Now, listen to that. If you want God on your side, get humble because he resists the proud. I read that and I say, oh, no, you were resisting me because I was being proud. But gives grace to the humble. I think if humility is going low, we, we see it most clearly in the life of Jesus. He's the most humble person that ever walked on earth, by far most humble. He had it all. And he willingly gave up all of it. Though he was in the form of God, he did not recount, count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and being born in the likeness of men, he, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the lowest form of Gentile death, death on the cross. Therefore, then God has highly exalted him. So God exalts the lowly, but God resists the proud. So Jesus talked a lot about pride. He talked about it when he, when he spoke about the Pharisees and just denounced them for their pride. He says, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It's a law. It's inviolate. There are no exceptions to that. And then he said that two more times. Once when he was talking about when you go to a wedding, you don't look for the highest place. You don't look for the best seat. I call it the best seat syndrome. James and John had it. We want to sit next to you. We want the high place. And that's what they wanted. That, that, uh, these people in Africa, they wanted the best seat. And sadly, when we, when we were at this second place, the second church that we were at, we sat a little higher and we ate separately. I wanted to go down with the people, but we, we ate at a higher place because we were higher. Well, I gave him a message about what it means to be go low rather than go high, and that's what really wiped out that bishop. I mean, he acknowledged that we want to learn how to go low, not go high. So Jesus gave that word uh, with the wedding, and then when he had that parable about the Pharisee telling how good he was all, you know, remember when he went up to the temple and prayed, how, how things, they were going really good for him and how he was tithing and and then the guy wouldn't even come to the front of the church. He was in the back of the church. And he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That man was humble. And so God honored him. God looked at him because he gave him grace. No one showed that more than Jesus. Remember when he said something about his humility? Do you remember what he said? Matthew 11. He said, come to me because I am meek and lowly in heart. I'm a safe place. I'm humble. I'm, 
unmoved. And you can find rest for your souls. They didn't find rest with the Pharisees because they weren't meek. They weren't lowly. So Jesus, through his whole life, think about it, a despicable birth, shameful birth. They talked about it through his whole life. The Pharisees knew about this illegitimate birth 30 years later, and they said, we were not born fornication. That, was, that news was out. And so Jesus had that reputation. The town he lived, his baptism was on the lowest place on the planet, still is, Dead Sea, right in there. He was an itinerant preacher. It, it shocked Mary, who wanted to bring him home because she was embarrassed about her son who's out preaching, and he's, getting, he's not earning his living. He's, uh, rich women were helping him out, and then his, his death. He was a total reject. A total reject, despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, a man from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. That's the Son of God. That's the King of kings. That's the one that angels worship. That's the one that demons bow down to. He's a reject, and that's who we worship, a man rejected. It's incredible he's so humble. By far the most humble person ever walked on the planet. Now, I'm going to tell you who I think is the second most humble. Who do you think it is? Take, take a pick. Okay, keep going. Guess, guess who you think it is. Okay. I'm going to tell you why I think it's John the Baptist. It may not be true. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to prove anything by saying this, but I, I think it's John the Baptist. Uh, because of what uh, happened to him and what happened through him and how he responded to the situation with Jesus. So first of all, uh, I'm going to give you eight, eight marks of humility, and I may not get through them, and I'll send them to you if I don't. But uh, let's see how we're doing on time. It's, oh, this, this says 15-2, and this says 5-2. Is it, uh, it's 5-2? This is right. Okay, I'll do this faster than ever. <laughs> John was so popular that they wanted to make him the Messiah. They were bent on making him the Messiah. And he says, no, I'm not he. And they pushed him. And so they said, well, well who or what are you? And listen to this. And they came to John and said, Rabbi... He who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John is the greatest phenomenon that ever happened to Israel. He had the greatest revival that had ever taken place. He was a superstar in people's eyes. They were going out to the wilderness to see him. I know that wilderness. I've been in that wilderness. It's hot. It's terrible. And they were coming out. Because, in fact, even the Pharisees came out. They wished they wouldn't have because he went after them. And they probably thought, what are we doing out here? <laughs> this is not a safe place. Because he hated lack of vulnerability and openness. And so he went after them. But So they're now they're leaving John and going after Jesus. So what's he going to do? So he's no longer center stage. 
John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourself bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I've been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom, the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is complete. How selfless can you get? He's losing his ministry. He's being stripped of it. He does not know how hard it's going to be. It's going to be harder than he ever thought. But he said, he must increase, I must decrease. And he did decrease. He was thrown in prison. He never saw daylight again. That was it for John. Do you know how long he had his ministry? We don't know exactly. But he's called the greatest prophet ever. Greater than Jeremiah, greater than Isaiah, greater than Elijah. Greatest prophet. Jesus said that. And it lasted probably less than a year. He spent his life in meditation, in prayer, out in the wilderness, preparing for this. His parents probably died when he was young because they were old when they birthed him. So he, he just spent his life listening to the Lord and hearing incredible revelation. And he calls himself the friend of the bridegroom. You don't even know you go to a wedding. You don't even know who the friend of the bridegroom is necessarily. You may. If he gives a talk, you might know. He's a nobody in the wedding. I'm, he says, I'm rejoicing because he's the one. Incredible humility. I'll send this to you. I was so moved. He emailed me. He said, I think it'd be good to get him ready for Advent. Speak on John the Baptist. And I was just moved by the humility of this godly man. So I'll, I'll send you eight marks. That's just the first one. And uh, if you want to, you can beat me to it and see what you can find as you read about John the Baptist. And I'll send it to you the middle of the week along with the Africa report. Uh, so here's my question for you. Don't raise your hand. But I want to ask you, are you humble? Think about it. Are you humble? Could you say, kids could say, I'm humble if they were humble and they knew they were. We wouldn't want to say it because we'd think we, we'd be stepping over the line, but Jesus said it. I'm meek, I'm lowly. You can come, I'll, I'll give you a rest. So I just spoke to a guy because we're, we're having communitas round two in here now, Friday nights. There are about 60 young people that are coming here, and it's very exciting. Uh, you'll hear about it over the next months. Um, Mark Herringshaw, for those of you who know him, his son Michael is leading the charge. Uh, but I, I told him in an email, I said, you watch the most important quality for leadership is by far is humility. So I'm asking you, if you're not humble, I encourage you to get humble. Whatever it takes, you know, develop it. I'm embarrassed at my reaction when I, in 1995. I thought about it many times. What a, I, was, I was reacting. I, I was defending myself. What, what do you want to defend yourself for, Paul? You don't have a lot to defend. 
So, Father, I pray for my friends here. I thank you that we have the greatest example in Jesus of humility. And we're sorry, God, for all the times when we react to others. We react to people who disagree with us. We act, react to people who don't seem to care about us. We're in reaction mode. And I, I pray, God, that we would all learn together how important it is to be, to walk in humility so that we can go high and then you can exalt us according to your good pleasure. Thank you for what you are doing at Lydia House. Thank you for the people that are here that are committed to loving one another and seeing you do something remarkable out of something very little. You love to do that. You love to show your glory. You love to use weakness to show the wise and the strong. And so do it. Keep doing it here in this place. Father, we thank you for food. We thank you for the chance to be together now and eat and share. We love you, who you are, how we couldn't get to you, so you have come to us in Jesus Christ. Amen.